Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. So with us again today, I'm pretty excited, Pastor Stephen Cox. So make sure you look him up out there on Facebook, Twitter, and all those places that uh, social media is found. Make sure you say hi to him, thank him. Uh, what a great opportunity it's been to get to know him. And uh, it seems like we know all kinds of people uh, that we each other know. So we have all these mutual friends and acquaintances, but for whatever reason, God only brought us together maybe once or twice in our lives just to say hi to each other. Yeah. So I'm thankful for him being here. Folks, as we move forward, as we deal with uh, these things, these verses in Proverbs talk about how people with PTSD can find answers from God's word, uh, how people with PTSD can find victory in God's word. Uh, victory is yours uh, when God gives it to you. It's not when we want it. It's not by some self-made, man-made type of thing. It's when God comes into our heart. Uh, there's a satisfaction. There's a smile. I always say at the end of the broadcast, with a smile that only God can give you today. And, and uh, that's a smile of satisfaction, knowing that the Lord's got that. So we do a special word every day. And we did it yesterday with Pastor Cox. And we did the word love yesterday. And, and now we're going to talk about joy. Joy is so important, especially in tribulation and all we're going through. And in Romans 12, 12, one of my favorite verses, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So it's, it's reminding us that we rejoice in hope. We don't you know, folks, we don't have to get caught up in the bad things, but the Bible is telling us to rejoice in hope. So no matter what's going on in your life, things can be going bad. Things can be going sideways. Life seems upside down, but you have hope. And hope's name is Jesus. And uh, you've got the word of God sitting in front of you. And boy, you can do it. And then my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you get those various trials and they're coming, count it joy. And uh, I, I love uh, the verse over in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And uh, so the Bible's reminding us to have joy, to rejoice, to look for the uh, look for God as the author of joy, to look for God as the provider of those things. And folks, the biggest mistakes I've made in my life is I've looked for joy in my marriage. And I get great joy being married to Debbie. We've been married 39 years. We go around and speak at marriage conferences and things like that. We've written little booklets and all that type of stuff. But you know, I can get so much joy out of Debbie. But when we started serving God, when we got saved 25 years ago, folks, our marriage completely changed because we stopped plugging into each other for joy. But collectively, we plugged into God and found our joy and we've rejoiced in that. And some people find their joy in their kids and some people find the joy in, in things in town. But friends, you need to find your joy in God. Where do you get your joy? Well, you got to get it from God. What do you think, Pastor? Well, there's a big difference between happiness and joy. Sometimes people, uh, they, they, you know, misinterpret what joy truly is. And they, they think that, like you said, that their joy is based on temporal things. Uh, but but joy is based on the the heavenly. It's based on relational uh, yeah. with uh, with Jesus Christ, and and the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And uh, so we got our strength from the joy. That's why Paul could write from a prison uh, in the Philippians, 
uh, there to the church in Philippi, not from an island somewhere and, and, and sipping on a, a, a nice uh, little tea and, and on, on the beachhead. No, he was in prison right. writing about joy. And I the know. reason he could have joy in prison is because he knew Jesus. And that's the thing that you and I need to realize is that our joy is our strength. It is. And that if the devil, we have to guard our joy because the devil, he don't care how many successes you have, as long as he can steal your joy, he's got the victory. There's a lot of people today doing a lot of good things, but their joy is gone. And they're coming to church, but they have no joy. They were trying to worship, they have no joy. They're trying to preach, and they have no joy. And so I want to have the joy of the Lord. And you've met people before that the joy was just dripping off of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I held a a man's hand one night as he died from pancreatic cancer. At the end of his life, he worked for me. And, uh, folks, this guy was put in a bed about four months before he died, could not get out of bed. Bed pants, constant care, all that stuff. He, he, you know, he didn't want any respirators or anything like that. But I mean, he just, he laid in that bed. My mother was dying in a hospital uh, 500 miles down the road from where he was dying in a convalescent home. And he would pick up the phone and call her every day and tell her about the joy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tell her what she's going to see in heaven. On the day my mom died, this man picked up the phone at 8 o'clock in the morning, called my mom and said, Janine, I want you to know, I think God's going to let me go up there first. So I'm going to be waiting for you. And, uh, and wow. he hung up the phone with my mother, quoted Psalm one with his wife and died. Wow. But there was a joy in that man, Richard Marino. There was a joy in that man, folks, that you only get from God. Yeah, you can only get that. That's it. And, and you know, you can't have pancreatic cancer stage four on the way out, uh, getting all the pain medicine, that life. So uh, I, a lot of you may be saying, well, you know, uh, brother Doug, uh, pastor, you know, we, we, we've tried to be joyful. We've tried to do those things and, you know, something always comes along and pastor mentioned over there, the letter to the church of Philippi and, uh, Philippians. And, you know, here's Paul, it, it doesn't end well. It's over no, there. Right? That's it's a it. prison epistle. He, yeah. He's shackled, he's handcuffed. Life is upside down. And he's telling these folks, he's saying, listen, you know, uh, for me to die is gain. But, but he goes, I'm stuck between these two things because if, if God calls me right now, this is better for me, yeah. but it's better for you if I get to stick around. And so folks, somewhere when you have that joy, when you have that rejoicing somewhere in the middle of all that, is it better for your family? Is it better for your kids? Is it better for your fellow church members that you stick around? If it is, you've got that kind of joy going on, and that only comes from God. And, yeah. and, and I'm just thankful for that. And so we've been moving along. We're in chapter number 21 of the book of Proverbs on the 21st Proverb. We're on verse number five, and it says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenty of plenty." plenteousness, I'm all right, I should have read this first, mm-hmm. but of everyone that is hasty only to want. So, you know, we're talking about plenty, we're talking about these different things, and um, and it's talking about the plans, I think, the plans that people make so that you have these thoughts, you plan things out of the diligence, uh, with diligence. So you sit down, you, you tend to want to make sure that you have crops that are right, that your life's going right, that things are in order. Uh, but for everybody who's hasty, so it's given us an example. You want plenty? Well, sit down and figure things out, think things out. Now, I'm here to tell you, I'm going to let Pastor talk here in a minute, but I'm here to tell you, you don't buy a building for a couple million plus dollars next door without planning these things out. Somewhere there was prayer. Somewhere there were people on their knees. Somewhere there was a pad saying, man, we're going to get bigger. We need to figure out what we're doing from here. And, you know, folks, that's life. We need to plan things out. So what are you thinking here, Pastor? Well, diligent speaks of someone that that puts in time, hard work. 
you know, with the diligent. It, the Bible has much to say about those that are diligent. Those that are hasty, uh, when, I, when I think about the word hasty, I think about shortcuts. I think about someone that likes to get success but do it the easy way. And um, we got to be careful about the devil shortcuts. Yeah. We got to be careful about trying to avoid hard work or diligent work. You know, we we have went through so many things as a church, as you had mentioned, a lot of victories, purchasing this building, this other campus, which was a miracle. Uh, and, and yes, there was some planning and lots of prayer and preparation and what we call a capital campaign, raising funds and just seeing God do it. But, but, there's no shortcuts to success God's way. Yeah. If it's an easy road, usually God's not in it because there's no road. If you look at it, the roads that Jesus took, I've been preaching through the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 4 now. If you go up, uh, we're in the latter part of John 4, but in the earlier part of John 4, Jesus is traveling uh, from the southern region to the northern region, and the Bible says in verse 3 that he must needs go through Samaria. Right. Well, the, that was not a shortcut. That was actually a very long route, but there was one person that he needed to encounter, and that was that woman by the well. There's a mission there. That was exactly right. And Jesus went the long way. He went the hard way, but he went there for one person. Yeah. And see, often we as as people, we want to that that shorter route. If if God sends us on this journey, we want it to be an easy road. But let me let me just say the easy roads usually you never get to see the fruit that you would if you diligently seek the Lord. Yeah. And having a relationship with the Lord is not easy. Having a relationship with the Lord is not and reaching people the way that you're trying to reach them, Doug, is through all this PTSD and and this hope for the wounded and the, the, all these things that you have going on in your life because you've been there. It's not been an easy road, right? And so you've been diligent about it, and you've you've prayed about it, you've went through and persevered through some things, and uh, just to help some people, and uh, it's not easy. But but somebody's got to do it. And I, I really believe in this wisdom, in this proverb, I believe that's what Solomon's actually addressing, is that we should put our hand to the plow, and we should, because there is a reward for those that are diligent, because think about just the, 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 the hastiness in gambling and the lottery and mm. people who just throw their money away trying to get rich quick. Well, the Bible warns us about that too, you know, that we got to be careful about... Uh, trying to make easy money when avoiding work. Well, work is it has a uh, it has a um, you know a, a great feeling when you've put you know hard work to something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there is some success in that. I, I believe it's what that verse is trying to tell us. I think so. Yeah, I, I believe that. And, and you know, uh, we had mentioned a couple podcasts ago as well. We had mentioned you know that uh, shortcuts, you know, cutting corners, words like clever are never used for a Christian. Uh, words like taking a shortcut. Uh, we had mentioned that verse, uh, uh, do not let your good be spoken evil of. I mean, God has a plan. He has an expected order for doing things. At the same time, uh, God gives us, you know, a man's word, uh, a lady's word, our reputation. That's everything. I mean, we serve God. So it's not only our reputation. It's not only our word. It's, hey, that preacher, or, hey, that Doug, hey, that Ann, whatever the name, you fit any name you want in there. Uh, when you're trying to do a shortcut, when you're trying to go around the corner, uh, it's just not going to work. Hey, folks, listen, we're just going to take one minute here and let the stations identify themselves and play a commercial or two for you folks. Hold on. We'll be right back. 
Great to be back with you folks and with me as we've been going through this. We've been honored to have uh, Pastor Stephen Cox with us. We just finished up verse number five of the 21st proverb. We're getting ready to look at verse number six, and it says, The getting of treasures by a lion tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. I mean, that's a pretty... That's a pretty stark comparison and stuff and, and what's going on with life. So, uh, you know, you, you go, we came from a verse where it's talking about diligence, doing the right thing, having plenty. You plan these things out. Uh, you go through that, and then the hasty, they don't get anything at all. And then it goes on to another group. It takes you to another step, and it says, you know, the getting of treasures by a lion tongue, by lying, by cheating, by doing people wrong, by being clever, by uh, seducing people, by, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, there's a lie involved. There might be even mercenaries. I mean, you could take this to so many different places. Uh, you know, this is a fleeting fantasy. It's not going to work. You might get something once. You might lie your way into somewhere once. But let me tell you, God is not going to allow for this to happen. There's a right way of doing things, and that's what God has for us, and that's what God has for all of us is doing things the right way, brother. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. That, this, that verse in itself is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know lying, and we know what God thinks about liars, and we should avoid any type of, uh, listen, if you don't tell a partial truth, it's still a lie. Yeah. So to, to advance your, you know, your uh, position or to down somebody else just to advance and lie about someone, uh, accusation, or just to get ahead, yeah. uh, we know what the Bible says about that. It's vanity is what it says. In verse number six, it says uh, that, uh, that uh, the, the lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Wow. Pretty strong verse, uh, like you said, that kind of uh, coming back from uh, verse five when it speaks of diligent and, and hard work. But, but that would actually, if you think about it, coming from verse five to verse six, one that puts his work in, does it the right way, will not be the one that's doing the lying. Right. He's going to do it the hard way. Yes, sir. And let me tell you who's keeping score. God is. That's right. Yeah. You know, your your boss or whoever that you answer to, I'm, I'm not sure. There, there's, I'm sure hundreds and, and maybe even thousands of you that will listen to this segment. And, and I don't know, you may work for someone, and you may be seeing somebody that you work with be in advance because they are just not telling the truth. But let me tell you something. There's a God in heaven that's watching, and he's keeping score. He knows. And uh, they're not going to get away with that. You never do. And, and God's not rewarding any of this. No. And uh, he's definitely not rewarding this. Next verse, the robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment. So, uh, I mean, here we here we go. You know, there's violence going on. Uh, yeah. But we're robbing people. We're, you know, we're just taking whatever we want. It's a vigilante type of thing. It's upside down. And, uh, and they refuse to do judgment. You know, they're just taking what they want, doing what they want. We see it going on around the world today. Some of the people we're talking to today oh, yeah. are, are looking out the windows and seeing this. Uh, people trying to take over. Well, we're here to tell you today that, that, that God is not fooled by any of this. Uh, this is not a surprise to God. And uh, that, that, that these, mean, these mean old wicked people stealing things, that does not please God. Uh, that does not in any way honor God. Uh, I had a guy tell me one time, well, I made this deal, he said, where it was, a, it was a bad deal for the guy. I sold this guy property for way too much money, but it allowed me to have a down payment so I could get a house next to my church. That guy's ministry folded within a year. God can keep score. You know, we, uh, 
uh, at our church down the road, we bought the three houses next to our church. It was years in the making, and uh, and God just allowed us to buy the three houses. So the people involved with that, and and pastor made sure that you know there were people who came out and did a couple appraisals, and that they got every dime. That uh, uh, we want to be known for doing things the right way. That's right. Uh, we don't we don't want to take anything that uh, uh, is not ours to have. Well, you 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 said it. Uh, verses five dealt with shortcuts, and yeah. uh, verse six deals with lying, and verse seven deals with robbing. Yeah, and and we need a revival of honesty. We do. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, a hard day's work. Let's be truthful about our dealings with people, and let's not steal. Let's not rob people of something. Oh man, I got this. This guy didn't know what he had, and, and you know, I got this for this. If you take advantage of people, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to get a good deal. I, I think yeah. we ought to be frugal and be be good stewards of, of God's money. But at the same time, uh, let's be honest. Yeah. And let's not boast in the dealings of I took advantage of someone. Yeah, that word slothful comes to my mind over yeah. there in the book of Romans. We're not slothful in business. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I will say this to you folks, and I know that cuts both ways, exactly like the pastor said. You know, we try to get a good deal, but we try we never rob anything. And I, I think an important thing here, too, that, that's helpful to me is it's not given a dollar value on what robbery looks like. Yeah. Uh, I don't care whether you're talking about a $5 item or $5 million. That's right. God has an expectation for us to handle things differently. And a lot of us, I think, coming from environments, especially in the military, you know, we would, you know, make these, we call them drug deals in the military, Pastor, but they had nothing to do with drugs. But you would, you know, a drug deal, you would trade this soldier for this soldier, or you would trade this Jeep for this Humvee, or two Jeeps for Humvee. I mean, there was always dealing going on. And uh, I, I refused to do anything that was a drug deal. Whatever I did had to be like value had to have agreeable people on both sides, and it had to have a letter from everybody to go in the file saying, this works, this is true, this is honest, because I can't tell you how many times in my career I heard about this guy rips off people, or that guy rips off people, or that lady did this, or that girl did that. And, uh, and, and folks, God doesn't need that. You know, God wants us to be upright, do the right thing. Hey, listen, I go to the car dealer just like the rest of you. I get service. I That's where I buy my cars. It's a tough time right now. Thank God I haven't bought one in four or five years. But uh, I'll tell you, when the deal is done, the deal is done. We shake hands. We move forward. And that's the deal we got. And uh, uh, so I think it's really important that as we look at our lives, and we're not only talking about robbing goods, we're talking about robbing from a person's life and, and things like that. Folks, I want you to think about this section as a whole, as God's saying, listen, we want you to be diligent. We want you to be the, you know, the kind of person that sits down and plans things out. And uh, I, I had mentioned that pastor didn't get to where he is in his church today uh, by just falling into these things. There's praying going on. There's planning going on. He said there's a capital campaign going on, literally put in front of your people, not trying to rip off anybody, but in front of your people. This is how much the building's worth. This is how much we can get for it. This is what it does for the ministry. And folks, we don't have the money to do this. Let's get on our knees. Let's fast. Let's pray. And let's see if God will bring the money so we can move into this place. Uh, folks, that may be a bigger picture or a macro picture, but that's life. You know, when we go buy a house, we need to sit down with the family and say, this is what we need to put down. This is what we need in a house. And, and God will honor that. You know, I'm sitting in my house. I came here 10 years ago and told the realtor, he was showing me every new house built in Greenville County you've ever seen in your life. And I said, sir, are there any short sales? Is there anything here in town? He said, you can't get one in Greenville. As soon as they go on the market, they're no good. And just out of curiosity, 
curiosity, I threw in, you know, I threw out there in Google, you know, short sales, Greenville, South Carolina, uh, told the realtor, hey, we need to go to this short sale. Uh, we closed on it uh, 17 days later. So folks, I'm telling you, pray on those things, be diligent, yeah. work those things out, do the right things. You don't need to get treasures by lying. You don't need to rip people off. We don't need to rob people. We just put everything in order. And when we do that, and I know most of you do, isn't it a great feeling? Isn't it a great feeling to know that though our bank accounts may be full, that everything's in there we earned, everything in there we saved for. Isn't it great to know that when you sit at your kitchen table and have your food that, that you provide for that and God used for that? Well, and we talked about an awful lot today, but I wanted to give Pastor just a couple seconds and just a couple minutes as we close out here. So, so Pastor, now one thing we didn't mention about you, and I wanted to get to this. So you were raised as a PK, as a pastor's kid. So, so what's that like? Just, just for a couple minutes to be a PK and in a church and, and things of that nature. Well, uh, I was privileged and honored to uh, grow up in a, in a pastor's home. Uh, my dad is still currently pastoring uh, after 42 years. Glory. Uh, 40 years. Uh, he's working on his 40th year this year at the same church. Uh, two years of those were in West Virginia where I was born, and, and he was born and, and raised there. And uh, God moved us uh, under the ministry of Bobby Robertson, who's now in heaven. Bobby Robertson pastored there at Gospel Light in Walkertown. He referred my dad to this little church in Moxville, North Carolina. I was five years old, and my dad pastored and is still pastoring that same church faithfully. And I'm the oldest of two sibling, um, my two sisters, and I'm the oldest. There was three of us. And Growing up in a church that was vibrant, growing, it's a large church today, uh, had a Christian school. Um, one thing about my dad was he never forced uh, preaching upon me as far as me being a preacher. I'm his only son, and of course I've been in the ministry now. This is my 20th year. He never came in and said, uh, son, my dream for you is to be a preacher. I know he prayed about it. I know that he uh, was excited when I answered the call to preach at, at 16. But uh, he never uh, expressed disappointment about it. Matter of fact, I'd actually thought about going into the Air Force when I'd graduated high school, not, not running from God, but just just seeking some, you know, God's will. And, and I love the military. And, and so, uh, but God had another plan. I went on to Bible college and, um, and graduated and got to serve alongside my dad for 14 years. Amen. And so uh, growing up as a preacher's kid, I know there's a lot of preacher's kids out there that kind of had a bad, uh, maybe a bad upbringing. Maybe you've seen some things in your church, your dad went through, your mom went through, you have some PTSD, some tra traumatic stuff. Uh, I've heard some horror stories. I've had lots of PKs reach out. I cannot say that I have that because uh, I was very, very blessed as a as a as a as a uh, a young person to grow up in a wonderful home like that. So, uh, great, great feeling. That's a blessing. Hey, folks, if you got to get a hold of us, I'm thankful to have Pastor Cox. We're going to learn more about his upbringing. I think it's a pretty great thing that uh, you have an opportunity to be raised like that and still love and honor and cherish your dad and uh, what a man he must be. And we'll be talking more to him tomorrow and as we go through the week. If you need to get a hold of us, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, just go on there and grab us. And uh, also, you can send me a message at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com, and I'll make sure we get back to you just as soon as we can. Hey, today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Be diligent. Have love. We'll talk to you later. Have joy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits 
that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.